you this morning, turn to Revelation chapter 1. And I know that when I say Revelation, some of you are already thinking, oh, thank God he's going to preach on prophecy. No, I'm not. I'm, going, I'm still in this chain breaker series, and I'm not going to preach on prophecy, although I am going to teach on prophecy four weeks in Mark chapter 13, not this Wednesday night, but beginning the weekend after Thanksgiving. So we're going to take four weeks and talk about the end times and what we can expect. Today, though, I want to talk to you about John. Now, it's not John the Baptist. We've already talked about him in this series. But today, I want to talk to you about a man by the name of John. And I want to talk to you about a particular chain that he found himself having to deal with in his life. Now, we've been going through this series and looking at all the prison experiences in the Word of God, and we've seen that in many instances, it really isn't the physical bars that causes the problem as much as it is the mindset and the attitude that we take on when we're going through difficulty. And so today, I want to talk to you about this chain that we're going to call isolation, the chain of isolation. So Revelation chapter 1, beginning at verse 9, if you'd like to read along with me. It says, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And I was, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like, like snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire, and his feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. And in his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, the things that you have seen, those that are, and those that are to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, and the seven stars, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Pray with me now and let's ask the Lord to anoint his word today. That as it goes forth, it will accomplish a great work on his behalf. Father, thank you for your word. 
And thank you for the opportunity that I have today to be able to represent this word to your people. I believe, Lord, that you have a word to speak to some individuals that are in this house today that may be dealing with this chain of isolation. They have found themselves lonely in life. They're not necessarily by themselves, but a spirit of loneliness and isolation has come upon them, and it's hard for them to rejoice because of this chain. Lord, I pray that today, that as we preach and we look to your word, that you will help them to see in their understanding that even in times of physical isolation, that your spirit can come alive within us and replenish our soul and replenish our spirit and cause something positive to flow out of us. So, Father, I commend your word back to your hand today, and I pray that you will touch us today. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Have you ever known anyone that is close to you that they just seem like the loneliest people that, that you've ever known? They just seem like that they don't have any friends in their life, and even the people that are around them, they're, they're really not that connected to Maybe you know somebody that you've invited them out, you've invited them to church, you've invited them to go to the restaurant, you've invited them to Starbucks, you've invited them to go out, but it just seems like that every time that you invite them to come out with you, <clears throat> that they always have a reason why they cannot go. And the bottom line is, is that there are people in this world <clears throat> that like to be by themselves. They just enjoy being <clears throat> alone. But I would like to suggest to you today, while I believe that there are some good things that can come in times of isolation, God did not create us to isolate ourselves from the world that we're in. We, he, he, even in the very beginning, he looked to Adam before Eve had been created and he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And so he created a mate, a companion for him. And so what I would like to suggest to you today is that God really does want us to operate in, a, in, 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 in community. We are at our best when there are other people in our lives. We are at our best when other people can spur us on to greater things. They can rub you when you need to be rubbed in such a way that it, it will make you uh, <clears throat> sharper and, and, and put an edge on your soul and on your spirit. They, they, they can say things to you at times when you need to hear some instruction that will help you become more than you currently are. So I want to talk to you about this thing of isolation. Let's go ahead and begin by saying that there are some good things that come out of isolation. Um, I like to be alone in the mornings pretty much. My, I, I like to get up and I, I, I like to go to my chair and get my coffee and, and, and get my Bible or get my phone and, and read the, the scripture in the church app. And, and I really like to be alone and I, because I, I, can, I can grasp that so much better. It's not that I don't like my wife. I, I know she's getting ready for the day and she's doing her thing, but I really enjoy being alone because in those moments of silence, 
It seems as though that the voice of the Lord is clearer for me. Uh, I'm not distracted. I don't turn the TV on anymore other than to get the weather. And as soon as I find out what the weather is, I turn it off. And I listen to some soft music and I just begin to meditate upon the, the things of the Lord. There are good things that can come in moments of isolation. Uh, did you know that Moses was in isolation for 40 years before the word of the Lord came to him? Jesus enjoyed getting away from the disciples for a little bit and going off by himself and spending some time with the Father and praying. And so isolation can be a good thing, but I also want you to know that isolation can be a negative thing. Isolation can cause you to think things and, and take on attitudes that are unhealthy for you. And, and I didn't know this until I started studying about this, uh, but the reason that so many prisoners of war uh, tend to lose their mind when they've, when they've been taken captive is because so many nations put them in total isolation. They'll, they'll find a, a dungeon or a jail and they'll put them in this room by themselves and it's dark and it's damp and, and there's no one to talk to, there's no one to communicate with, there's no one that you can share life with. And so in this moment, in this time, and, and, and moments can turn to days and into weeks and into months and into years in isolation. I didn't know this, that, but, but people can absolutely go insane from nothing more than just being alone. In fact, they say, they say it's the quickest way to drive someone insane, to, to cause them to lose their mind. It's just to refuse to communicate with them, refuse to talk to them, refuse to be around them, refuse to give yourself to them. It's like the man that uh, and his wife, they'd been married for 35, 40 years, and they weren't getting along, and <clears throat> so finally the wife she said, uh, let's go get counseling. And he said, okay, I'll go. But he wouldn't say anything. And, and he sat there the whole time and just wouldn't talk, wouldn't say anything. Finally, the counselor said, uh, he said, don't you even love your wife? And he said, I told her on the day that we got married that I loved her. And if I changed my mind, I'd let her know. And for all these years, he had kept her wondering whether or not he even loved her. And the isolation was driving her crazy. I don't know if you know anybody like that, but I can, uh, the, the point I'm trying to make is, is that while some good things can happen in, in a moment of isolation, some bad things can happen as well. So I want us to look at the life of John today and see that the Spirit of the Lord helped him to take this time of isolation in his life and cause something good to happen in the midst of it. So we're going to talk about that today. I'm going to share three things with you about the chains of isolation. Now, first of all, let me give you a little bit of context here. As you know, John was one of the disciples, but he wasn't just one of the disciples. He was in the inner circle of Jesus. There were often times that it was just three disciples that hung out with Jesus and were closest to him. And John was one of those. So he wasn't just one of the 12, but he had been accustomed to having close access to Jesus. And so this is the John that we're talking about. He tells us 
that he is put on the island of Patmos for two reasons. Number one, he said, it was because of the word of God. And number two, it was because of his testimony. Now, in other words, they put him on this Isle of Patmos, this island of isolation, if you will, because of two things. Number one, he was, he was spouting the words of God. He was on the streets. He was preaching. He was talking. He was telling everybody about the Old Testament and how the Old Testament said that there would be a deliverer that would come, a savior that would come, and that this man named Jesus was the one who was the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures and they'd try to get him to shut up and say don't talk about that we don't want you to talk about that and he was just a little bit like one of the other disciples who said well uh, which would you rather us do obey God or obey man we can't obey man when we have something from God that we must be obedient to and John was one of those he preached everywhere about the prophets in the Old Testament and how they declared that this Messiah would come this Savior would come and he would reconcile the world to the Father and, and they got tired of it and after they told him to shut up and be quiet and he wouldn't do it they finally decided we will put him on the Isle of Patmos so that even if he doesn't shut up nobody will be able to hear him and then they said he said it was because of my testimony he wasn't just talking about theology he wasn't just talking about theory he wasn't just talking about something he wasn't sure about. He was saying this thing that I've been talking to you about, this scripture, this Old Testament prophetic word is not just something in theory, but it is something that has transformed my life. It is something that I have taken a hold of and taken access to. And I've been saved by the blood of this man, Jesus Christ. You may have tried to kill him. You may have tried to silence him. Oh, but you weren't able to do that. He may, you may have put him on a cross, but he didn't stay there. He rose again. I know because I have that evidence in me. I wonder sometimes what would happen if the church would just get bold enough to start standing up and saying, I don't care what you think about Jesus. I know who he is. I know what he has done in my life. I know the miracles that have taken place in my life because of him. And I cannot be silent. I have to tell what Jesus Christ has done. Amen. So they decided they'd put him on this little island named Patmos. Patmos was about 10 miles long by about six miles wide. Now, this is the interesting about, thing about Patmos. It's not where they put the hardened criminals. <clears throat> they didn't put the murderers there, and they didn't put the rapists there. You know who they put? They put crazy people on the Isle of Patmos. They, they put people who were out of their mind on the Isle of Patmos. They, they put people who believed in crazy theological ideas. They put magicians and, 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 and those kinds of things on there. So imagine, if you will, that you know that you have the truth and you've been set free because the truth is in you. You know what the Word of God says. You know what the prophets declared. You know what Jesus Christ Him said. 
himself said, and now here you are on this island with a bunch of crazy people trying to tell you that they didn't, they never heard of Jesus. And, and if they had, he couldn't be right because our God is Dagon. And let me prove to you how Dagon is the right one. Or, or we, we, we worship the sea or we worship the moon or we worship the stars or, or let me do a little trick for you because I'm a magician. Let me, let me show you how to do this. And can you imagine John having to spend his life in isolation from sane people and not being able to have a conversation with people who could converse back in a manner that you could understand? But everybody around him was out of their mind. I know that some of you are thinking, well, that's just like at my house. Everybody at my house is out of their mind. I'm the only smart one in the bunch. And here he is. He's on this island of Patmos and he's with a bunch of crazy, insane people. And he's in isolation and he really thinks he's going to die there. He thinks that he's going to end his life right there. But he had to prepare his mind. And this is what I want you to get today. Because we all go through seasons in our life when it seems like that the I feel like that's the way I, I that America is today. I think about our our nation and I and I think about where we are and and it just drives me crazy. Some of the ideas and some of the philosophies and theories that are out there. It just drives me crazy that a church in Texas can have 20 plus people uh, slaughtered in their worship service. And then politicians would get up and say, I told you prayer wouldn't work. I told you prayer was no good. I told you that the only way we're going to fix this is through political means. Listen, I'm here to tell you today that we can change laws all all day long and we can change what we think will work but there's one only one answer and his name is Jesus Christ and the only way that we can access him is through this thing called prayer amen so he's in a crazy world and he has three things that he needs to accomplish the first thing is he needs to stay ready that's number one in this crazy environment John was ready you say how do you know because he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He got, he's got crazy people. He's not even paying any attention to those who are crazy around him. The only thing he can think about is, man, I came ready to worship today. I came ready to interact with God, my father. I came ready to interact. I'm filled with the spirit and with fire. And I have come right here. If this is the only place that I can ever worship, if this is the last place that I ever live, if this is the last set of circumstances that I ever face, I want somebody to know that it's okay. I'm still in the spirit on the Lord's day. Amen. He was ready. So many of us, we just, you know, we, we, we hear rumors, oh, it's going to be bad at work this week. I'm telling you, we've got these shipments that got to go out, and we got the boss, he's uptight, and he's upset, and I, I'm not even looking forward to going to work this week. Or, or maybe you look at your wife, and you can say, well, uh, she's not in a good mood today. 
that's not going to be, a, that never happens around my house. But, it, you know, you, maybe it does in yours. And, and you say, oh, I think I'll just spend plenty of time out in the yard today and, and, and find something else to do. And, and we think about all these situations and we wonder how we're going to make it through the day. Listen, I want somebody to see today that your day will be as good as your expectation is. Amen. It will be as strong as your faith is. Amen. You can live and choose to live down in the dumps and defeated or you can get up every day and say this is the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad in it I will expect the best in every situation and if it doesn't go the way that I thought it would that's okay with me because I'm going to explore every possibility in my life and what faith will bring to me if I, can, if I can't make it with option A I'll go to option B as long as it lines up with the word of God, I'm going to explore what will happen in my life. And I'm going to expand. I'm going to grow. I'm going to mature. I'm going to be better tomorrow than I was today. I'm going to be more mature tomorrow than I am today. I'm going to grow in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter what the devil tries to do to me. I'm going to put him on notice tonight when I go to bed. That when I wake up in the morning, I'm coming after you, son, because I'm filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Don't you just get tired of being around people that they're just all sad sacks and doubting Diana and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if they're going to make it or not. We don't have any Diana. We got a Diana over here. I'm sorry. I wasn't referring to you. People around you just steal your joy. You know what I'm saying? And you don't want to pray for them. You'd rather just punch them right between the eyes. Because they just, you know, they just put off this aura about them of negativity. And here you're trying to be positive and you're trying to be faithful and you're trying to, to be the best you can be. And you've got, you've got some old person, not, not old in age, but just some, some mean old looking person following you around. I'm telling you, there's sometimes you just got to turn around and say, I love you, but I can't take you today. You're just going to have to get back out of my face because I have got to live in the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. He was ready. He said, I may be on this stinking old island called Patmos. Uh, everywhere I look, I look to the right and there's a crazy person there. And I look ahead and there's a crazy person there. I look over here and there's a guy trying to do card tricks. And look behind me and there's another false prophet behind me. But I just come by to let somebody know it doesn't matter to me if they're all crazy. I'm not crazy. I have the Spirit of the Lord in me. Uh, and I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I'm thankful that we've got a church that people like to attend. I mean, our people can't even walk through the front doors and get into the sanctuary. They got to stand out in the foyer. And you, other people can't even get in because we got so many people out there. I walked through today and I said, ladies, you got to break this football huddle up, man. You got to keep... You got to move on. We got to get people in here. They're standing out in the parking lot. They can't get in. You know why it is? 
because they love being with each other. They come in, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Oh, you look good today. You dyed your hair, didn't you? Oh, I like the way it is. Man, you got blue. You got blue on today. Go cats. And you got red on today. Go cards, you know. And then somebody across, no, no, not go cats, go cards. You know, back and forth. And our people love to be together, and that's a good thing. But I just wonder, I just wonder what would happen if we came in and said, you know, I'm glad to see you today, and I'm thankful that you're here. Alex, I'm glad you're here today. Man, I'm so glad you came. Amber, I'm glad you came. I'm so glad you came, Bev. I'm glad you're here. I love you, and I wanted to say a quick hello to you, but I've got business to take care of. I'm going in here today, and I'm preparing myself for worship. I'm going to come down front, and I'm going to lay myself down at this altar, and I'm going to start praying and saying, oh, God, I didn't come here for religious reasons today. I didn't come in here to be nice, although I will be nice, but I came in here today to interact with you, and Spirit of the living God, I pray that you will pour out a fresh touch of anointing upon us today. I pray that you'll save those who are unsaved uh, and that you'll heal those who are sick. And Lord God, you will strengthen those uh, who are their who are hands are hanging down. And Lord, I've come to worship you today. I've come to come in contact with you today. I just wonder, I just wonder what kind of revival would break out if we started coming in and filling these altars up with prayer or sitting on the front row, some of you can't get down on your knees, sit on the front row and come in and say, Lord, I'm, I'm sitting right here. I want to get to, as close to you as I possibly can. Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm in the spirit on the Lord's day. I'm ready to touch you today. I'm ready for you to touch me today. Lord, I've been fighting this battle all week long, but I've come in here today to declare that that victory is mine. Amen. So there's crazy people over here, but I'm in the spirit on the Lord's day. John was ready. Number two, he was receptive. I love this. Now think about it. Think about it for just a minute. John was in the inner circle of Jesus. He knew Jesus. He knew him well. He knew that Jesus loved pinto beans and cornbread. He knew that he loved cobbler with vanilla ice cream on it. He knew that Jesus loved fried chicken. Livers. Mm, fried chicken livers. Hallelujah. He knew it. He knew those things. He knew all those little details about Jesus. But then something happens. I want you to notice verse 12. Go there with me. He said, then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like the son of man, clothed with a long robe with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. And in his right hand, he held seven stars. And from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword in his face 
was like the sun shining in full strength. And he listened. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though I were dead. You know what I pray? I pray that some of you get so uncomfortable with Jesus, the way that you've got him pictured in your life, that you'll start, he'll start showing you things about himself that you've never thought before. You've never seen it before. You'll recognize the voice. You'll say, I think I remember that voice. But then you turn, turn around and you say, oh my goodness, I've never seen anything like that before. I've never seen anything that looked in this manner. I've never heard anything that looked like this. Let me tell you something. When we get so used to the things the way that they've always been, then we're coming only for religion. We're only coming because it's what's expected of us. But I pray every time I come, oh God, give us a fresh revelation of who you are. Let us see you in a way that we've never seen you before. Lord, I open my eyes to new things. I open my, my ears to new voices. I, I will hear you. I will listen to you. I will hear the word of the Lord. How many of you have ever been stubborn with God? Can I see your hands? Well, I don't know if it can be that way. Because my Sunday school teacher, when I was three years old, told me that this is the way that it is. And so therefore, I can't accept nothing except for what Sister Crowder said. And Sister Crowder said it, it has to be gospel, amen. And we can't hear anything new because Sister Crowder's in the way. Let me tell you something, Sister Crowder's been, Sister Crowder been dead a long time. Sister Crowder's up in heaven saying, listen, listen, I'm up here now. I see it as it really is. Uh, I did the best I could to tell you what I thought I knew at the moment, but I know things now that I didn't know before, and I've seen things now that I've never seen before. Listen with your spirit to, to the voice of the Lord. Amen. Some of you just need to get a, a fresh anointing. Some of you just need to get a fresh word. I'm just so afraid that if I do that, I'll get out of the spirit and I'll get into some weird stuff. Let me, let me tell you something. If you start getting in to some weird stuff, the Holy Spirit will grab a hold of you and start moving you back to the word of God and say, no, don't go there. That's not the way it is. You come on back to the word and I'll show you what the word says and I'll put the word of the Lord in your heart so that when you speak with your mouth, it'll come forth as it should be. Some of you just got to be willing to let go of some stuff that you've held on to for so many years. Uh, you haven't had a fresh revelation. Uh, your religion and your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ uh, is so stale that you don't even know where he is anymore. And some of you need to get up in the morning and you need to say, oh God, if it's the last thing I do today, I want to get a fresh revelation of who you are. I want to get a new word of who you can be in my life. You ever see anybody that they wear the same thing all the time? Yeah, they wear the same outfit all the time. They just got 14 shirts, the same size, the same color. 
they look exactly the same. And then all they got to do is just go to their closet and pull one out and put it on. They're good to go. I don't know. I just can't live that way. I, I, I like to wear dark colors when I'm going to be on camera because camera makes you look 55 pounds bigger than you are. And I like, I like to look a little bit smaller. But I mean, you give me, some, you give me Monday morning, and boy, I like to put something bright and red and cheerful and happy. My wife came in the other day and she bought her some new britches and she put them on and she came in and she said, what do you think of these? And I said, who, baby? They were red and blue and all kinds of colors. And I said, hot mama, I like those. You know what I'm saying? You know what some of you need to do? You need to just shake off those heavy bands. You just need to get them off of you. You've been carrying those heavy bands around for such a long time now that you need to shake them off uh, and you need to get in the spirit again. You need to start saying, they don't even have to ask me to stand up. I'm going to stand in the presence of the Lord. They don't even have to ask me to sing. I can't keep my mouth shut because my spirit is so full of the goodness of God. I have to worship him and praise him. Say, you know what we need, preacher? We need one of them old-fashioned revivals. We need to bring in some hot evangelist that can come in and spit on everybody and dump them down in the floor. Listen, if you need somebody to spit on you, come on up here right now. I'll spit on you and throw you down in the floor faster than your head will spin. But it will not change your life. What will change your life is when you get to feel the overflowing with the Spirit of God and start doing what His Word says. Revival will come to you. Woo! He was ready. He was receptive. And finally, he was rewarded. Come help me quit if you will. He was rewarded. The mean old king that put him on Patmos did so because he wouldn't shut up about the word of God and he wouldn't shut up about his testimony. So he puts him on Patmos. But then somebody came in and defeated the king. And when the king was defeated, a new king came in. And the new king started asking around about all these People out there on Patmos, what are they doing out there? Well, you know, they're all crazy. They've all lost their minds. They, they, they're all suffering from insanity. They are. Well, who are they? And he discovers that one of them is John. And he says, well, he's not crazy. What's he doing out there? Let him off that island. Send that boy home. At this point in his life, he's, he's about 90 years old. And they send him home to Ephesus. And you know what he did? Most historians will say that he took care of, was one of the primary caretakers of Jesus' mother, Mary that she lived in the home with him and his family. And they provided for her and they took care of her. But then he would find his place to the desk and he began to write 
And he finished writing the revelation that God gave him at Patmos. It was in his home in Ephesus that he wrote down the gospel of John. And it matched with Matthew, Mark, and Luke in such an amazing way that people said, how could you remember things with such accuracy at your age? But we know how it happened. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and inspired him to write what God told him to write. He wrote the Revelation. He wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote 1 John. He wrote 2 John all after he was 90 years old and had spent his time in exile with a bunch of people with mental health issues. He refused to quit. He refused to give up. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. How could I be quiet? How could I be silent? And because John was obedient and wrote what God told him to write, we have it to read today. And it strengthens us. And it tells us what we need to know today. Aren't you glad that John was obedient? But here's the best news. I like this. Did you know that every one of the disciples died a violent death because of their commitment to Jesus Christ? Every one of them, with the exception of John. And John died an old man in his own bed, filled with the Spirit of God. Let me tell you something, church. If you'll be faithful, God will be faithful to you. God will not let one word of his promises fail if you're faithful. And in the latter years of his life, here the disciple John was blessed in great abundance because of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm working for a reward. I'm looking so that one day I can stand before my Savior and hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. Now, come in. I'm going to make you ruler over many. I'm living every moment of every day for my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. You may say, well, pastor, I'm in this moment of isolation. I feel alone. I feel like no one really cares for me. I, I just feel all by myself. Listen, you may be in a situation where you're alone, but you don't have to let your loneliness take over your spirit. You can be like John and say, I'm in the spirit. I'm in the spirit right now. I'm not even going to wait till next Sunday. I'm in the spirit right now. I don't even have to wait till Till the pastor calls us all together. I'm, I'm going to be in the Spirit right now. I'm, I'm in the Spirit on Monday. I'm, I'm in the Spirit on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm in the Spirit because He has never left me. He will not forsake me. He's always near me. Aren't you thankful for that today? I want you to stand with me this morning.